This episode is brought to you by my book, Be Left Behind. Discover Bitcoin and cryptocurrency before your grandmother beats you to it. Available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. I know it sounds kind of cheeky, but if you're honestly interested in getting started in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency world and don't know where to start, this is the perfect book to start. As one of our Amazon reviewers just said, this book is the easiest way around to get quick education in crypto. Written in a breezy, easy to comprehend style, it's a must read to those new to the space. And of course, I perfectly uh, agree with all of those things. Uh, available again on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. If you're also interested in getting more details, you can contact me directly. Also, my co-author and I are doing a weekly chat on Clubhouse. So just find me on Clubhouse and we'll talk all about Bitcoin every single week. This episode is brought to you by MeetFox.com. MeetFox is the simplest solution to interact with your clients online and to monetize your online meetings. It's very easy to use. I've been taking advantage of it recently. It has a fully web-based system, no tech skills required. You can schedule all of your meetings through one simple click that's linked to your calendar. Use their online system for your meetings, get instant payments, automatic invoicing, truly simple, easy to use. That's meetfox.com. If you use the promo code Yuri at checkout, you will receive two months to test out all of their programs absolutely free. And if you want to hear more about what MeFox is all about, check out episode 202, where I interview the co-founder about why they started this wonderful company. Again, that's meetfox.com. Use the promo code Yuri at checkout to receive two months absolutely free. Welcome to Advance Your Art. If you are interested in making money from your art, using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers, or if you are just plain stuck, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yorika Talbo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. As always, if you like this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Today, I'm sitting down with Nikki Krozak, copywriter and founder of FilthyRichWriter.com. Nikki, hello. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Yuri. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. So, Nikki, I know we mentioned this a little bit. We're actually fairly close to each other, but uh, how are things in your neck of the woods right now? Things are things are great. Yeah, it's it's a rainy day today, but otherwise, otherwise we're we're getting through down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how has, I guess, in general, um, how have how has has your business and everything else gone during the pandemic? Uh. It, I hesitate to sound um, uh, to sound less sensitive than I should be. So let me first mm -hmm. say that I know that the pandemic has been very difficult for a lot of people and some people are really suffering and I, I definitely feel for them. Um, but to to answer candidly um, for myself and for for freelance copywriters who who know how to pitch themselves and, and know how to position themselves, um, business is very good. My students are doing very well. Even the ones who are, are just getting started, they are landing clients uh, quickly and then landing their, their second and third ones rapidly, I would say. 
Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, so that leads then into how do you describe yourself and what you do? So I am a copywriter um, and then I also teach people to become professional copywriters and copywriting is, is marketing and advertising writing. It mm -hmm. is copy is writing that's designed to, to persuade or to sell, which I know <laughs> immediately <laughs> makes some people go, Oh no. Um, but it's really not, uh, you know, that, that push, 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 selling used car salesman things really not what copywriting is about that's that that kind of writing doesn't work what copywriting is really about is creating a connection between people who have a want or a need and the the companies or the organizations that have the solution to that want or that need and we use our copy the the words that we write to create that connection by conveying the right messages and using the kind of language that is going to resonate with the target audience. So it's, it's not about, you know, capital S selling or pushing. It's really about creating connections. Okay. So what, uh, what initially got you interested in copywriting and being a copywriter? Well, you know, I have always been someone who loves writing, mm -hmm. um, reading and writing. Um, but I had always heard that, or it always picked it up somewhere and I'm sure have heard it many times since that you can't make any money as a writer. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people still believe that that's very true. And to some degree it is true on very unfortunately, you know, you, it's very unlikely to make a really good living as a novelist uh, or as a blogger or even more sadly, perhaps as a journalist. Mm -hmm. um, but copywriting is a field in which you actually can make a good living. Um, I kind of discovered it a billion years ago when I was in high school. My dad was a marketing director and he would actually bring home work for me to do and then give me feedback on it. Um, but the funny thing is, is it didn't, it didn't occur to me until years later that copywriting could actually be a career because you you know they don't at least not that i'm aware of i've never seen a university where you can major in copywriting um in advertising or marketing maybe but uh, i mean obviously yes but but not in copywriting which is a full career <laughs> and requires you know training in order to to do it well um but yeah for for whatever reason i went to school for pr and discovered quickly i didn't enjoy pr uh was an events manager at a health club for a while um, taught pilates and taught aqua aerobics um and it wasn't until after i left that job and was like what am i gonna do i need something that makes me feel fulfilled i need something that makes me feel like I'm actually using my gifts, um, that copywriting, the copywriting came back onto my radar. Oh, good to know. So when you say it came back on your radar, what does that mean? Does that mean that you were like, were you reading books about it or, or well, what was that transition? The funny then. thing. So yeah. my dad is kind of one half of why I got into copywriting because he really okay. started with training and my mom is actually the other half <laughs> because I, uh, you know, I left the, I left the, um, 
the health club management. And like I said, I was kind of teaching aqua aerobics and Pilates and, and spinning to, to pay the bills. And meanwhile, sleeping a lot of the day because I was depressed and didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, my mother sent me a book called it was something, something kind of silly, like, you know, the six figure writer or something like that. Cause she knew mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, the book itself was actually, unfortunately not a great book. It had advice. Like you need a fax machine in your home office, <laughs> like not great advice. Um, <laughs> but what it did was reminded me that copywriting was actually a thing that I not only could I do, but to a decent degree knew how to do. Um, and then from there, I, I jumped in with both feet. Okay. How did you improve your skills as a copywriter? Look, what, what were things that you focused on? Clearly not found in that book at no. all. <laughs> no. But apart from that, what were some things that you were like, this, this is what I've discovered makes a, a, a good copywriter. And this is what I leaned into. Yeah. The now bear in mind that when I got into it, it was 15 plus years ago. Um, and actually right. I realized the other day I'm getting close to that, that 20 year mark. I'm gonna have to change all of our marketing. Um, but <laughs> what I, so my point is, is that when I got started, mm -hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I did, I did work for my clients to the best of my ability and I did produce some, some good stuff, but there was a lot of, figuring out as I went along. You know, if I had had a guide, if there had been a resource, I probably would have done a lot better, a lot, a lot faster. And I have done very well. I've worked with all kinds of really fantastic clients, you know, big multi-billion dollar companies all the way down to little solopreneurs and every size in between. Um, but there was definitely a lot of, a lot of trial and error and a lot of, a lot of figuring out what I needed to do in order to improve my craft and what meant that I was improving my craft and how to get better results for my clients. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a lot of trial and error at the beginning that I would have loved to, <laughs> that I would have loved to skip. Uh, and frankly, that's what I help my students to do is to skip all of those, those, initial and not, not all of them but skip uh skip initial mistakes and missteps and getting in uh maybe over my head at the beginning yeah okay so it, in looking at kind of how your career has progressed there's a, a lot of um interesting companies that you worked for how did how did your initial let's say job process work that way like were you were you initially hired full-time for these companies? Was it a freelance basis or how did, how did that progress? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it varies for each one of them. Um, like you said, I have worked for companies like uh, Adidas, Hasbro, um, Reebok, TripAdvisor, TJ Maxx, um, a lot of really cool companies uh, and a lot of fun work. Um, and then plus too, frankly, a lot of companies that you wouldn't recognize. Um, but I've worked in all possible capacities. I've always had, I've always been freelancing to some degree. Sometimes it has been full-time um, and sometimes I've taken a full-time job. I've been enticed by one of the companies to come on staff and then I'll keep my, my freelance clients. Um, and then two, uh, some clients I worked for as a contractor and 
have either then decided to move on or every once in a while I've said, all right, you know what? I like it here. Let me, let me come on staff for a little while. So one of the cool things about copywriting is that it really is very flexible and you can kind of make your career look the way you want it to. And so I have had the, the ability to kind of bounce between sometimes I want to be freelance and go travel to Central America for four months. And sometimes I've wanted to settle down and really uh, dig in with a team uh, on staff. What's interesting is so you've, you know, you've worked with a, a large diverse group of different types of companies. How do you, I guess, how do you tweak your copywriting so that you're able to convey the appropriate message for that industry, even when you're maybe not an expert in that industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, every great copywriter, is, the first thing that they're gonna do when they start working with a company is learn as much as they possibly can about it. You know, in, in each project too, you need to know what the company's objective is, what they're trying to do, who their target audience is, and really mm -hmm what that target audience wants and what the target audience needs. Maybe sometimes they don't even know what they need. Um, and then a big part of that too is learning that company's brand voice. Every once in a while, you'll work with a brand new company that doesn't have a voice, that doesn't, that doesn't have much of a presence in, out in the world. But for the most part, copywriters are gonna be coming on staff and it's up to them to to really immerse themselves in the work that that company has done and, and understand and write in that company's brand voice. Because as a copywriter, it's your job to come in and make it seamless, to still write that really effective, uh, really effective copy, but also make it sound exactly like all of the other pieces in that company, which is really part of the fun challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. So when was it in your career trajectory that you decided to start Filthy Rich Writer and, and why? <laughs> yeah, um, so I should say too that uh, a lot of people hear the, the name Filthy Rich Writer and they go, oh yeah, <laughs> that's so gross. Um, and first of all, to me, being filthy rich means having a job you love, doing it well, and, and getting paid well for what you do. Um, and then on the other side of it, I called it filthy rich writer because I actually wanted to stop people in their tracks. I wanted people to go, wait, wait, what? Is that really? Is that a thing? Like, is that possible? Because so many writers think that you can't make money as a writer. I wanted to actually catch their attention and make them look into it a little bit more and and kind of call out that belief that so many of us had that if you're a writer and you want to make a living as a writer you're going to be poor forever um because it doesn't have to be that way yeah. uh so so yes it is a, a polarizing name for some people um but frankly if someone hears the name and thinks oh that's terrible then you know i want to work with that person anyway <laughs> but um so it was about Eight years ago, uh, I was on staff at a company and they had, uh, they were starting a new website um, and it was a website that was going to need a ton of copy. There was no way I was going to be able to do it myself. Um, so I sat down with the marketing director and she and I decided that I needed to build a copy team and I needed to build a copy team fast. Hmm. Uh, so I 
poached a couple of writers from the editorial team uh, and I hired a couple of junior copywriters, um, very green, uh, you know, willing to learn um, and very excited, but, but very green. Uh, and I realized what I had to do was now I had this team of four people, I think it was at that point, I had to teach them how to write copy. So every day we would meet and we would go through the principles and I would assign them, you know, kind of homework for them to do in the office, but, but exercises to practice what they had learned. They would bring in copy that they saw out in the world and we would discuss it, talk about what made it effective or what didn't make it effective. And I mean, I, I also, I had them build, I made them build their portfolio sites as well because I knew they weren't going to work for me forever and every copywriter needs to have one. Um, and so what I basically did was gave them a crash course in how to write copy so that they could go out and write copy for this website. Um, and at the end of it, I thought, you know, why doesn't this exist? Why isn't there a really good training based in the real world, not based in those like, if you can write a sales letter like this, you could be a copywriter kind of things. Um, but Mm -hmm. real career training, you know, that you could apply to if you wanted to, the training that you could apply to use if you wanted to be a freelancer or if you wanted to work on staff or if you wanted to work in an agency or something like that. Um, and I thought, you know what, let's, let's put this together. And basically I put together the training that I would have wanted when I got started. And mm -hmm. I, I, put everything in there and quite frankly ask my students, I continue to put in there um, anything that someone would need in order to be successful from how, you know, the very, the fundamentals of how to actually write effective copy to advanced techniques, to how to build your portfolio, how to get experience, how to find clients, how to talk to clients and land clients and, and a system for continuing to do that because it's real hard to be a copywriter if you're not getting paid to be a copywriter. Um, then, then it's just a really expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's I, I put together what I would have wanted and everything that I knew someone would need in order to be successful. Wonderful. So if somebody, let's say, listening to this is thinking, well, you know, maybe I want to be a copywriter, but I don't know, like, if I could be successful in it, what, what are some traits that you've noticed that good copywriters or decent copywriters come from and what do they have and what are they interested in? Yeah, I think sometimes people hear copywriting or hear advertising writing and think, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not always very funny or mm -hmm. I find it really hard to write clever things or things like that. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily the only thing that copywriting is about. You know, sometimes there are clients that want pithy lines or that kind of thing, but, but the vast majority of clients you are it's, it's their brand voice. And really, when you think of all the companies out in the world, very few of them are asking for like zippy one-liners, you know? Right. So I want to state that to begin with, because um, I do hear that periodically from people who are concerned that they're not, you know, stand-up uh, stand comedian quality um, mm -hmm. writers. Uh, first and foremost, um, as a base, people need to have a, a natural affinity for writing. Um, I think sometimes when people hear the the potential income for copywriters, they're like, well, I'm going to do that. Um, but you really do need to be 
to be a good writer. Just you need to be the kind of person who people come to when they need something rewritten, <laughs> you know, when they're like, can you look at my cover letter? Or you're the person who in the office, people come to and go, can you, um, can you help me with this email? So I sound better, or can you look over this email and make sure I don't sound, you know, whatever. Um, if you're the person that people come to and they're like, ah, yeah, can you do this for me? Can you take a look? Uh, then, then you have good company because <laughs> I think pretty much all of us, uh, all copywriters are that same kind of person. Um, you need to be open to learning and being coached. First of all, because you can't, nobody's born learning copywriting, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it is, it's, a, and it's a real career. So it's not, I think one of the, the, the biggest, um, reasons for failure is that people like writing and they hear about copywriting. And so one day they just say, I'm a copywriter and they try to sell themselves as a copywriter. But if you don't know how to write copy, no one's going to hire you as a copywriter. So you need to be open to, to learning and to, to practicing the skills. Um, and you also need to be open to being, to being coached because mm -hmm. there are skills to hone. Um, and then on the same, same kind of, I'm going to say same side of that coin, but I'm, now I'm going to get into all kinds of weird metaphors, but <laughs> kind of along those same lines, uh, you have to be open to feedback because copywriting is a very collaborative, um, collaborative process. You know, you work with a client or a, a boss if you're on staff, you know, and you, or not necessarily a boss, could be project manager, that kind of thing. And you figure out what the, the crux of the project is. What are we trying to do with this project? Who are we talking to? What, what is our goal? What do we want the target audience to do? And you, you know, you go back and you do the work. Maybe you work with a designer, and then you sit down for a review and they give you feedback and you ask questions about that feedback. And, and so you're, you are kind of honing, polishing the work uh, together with either with your client or with other team members. So you have to be open to, to feedback. And mm -hmm. honestly, that's really kind of true in the real world for most writing professions anyway, you know, unless you are a blogger who just writes something and hits post, uh, you know, journalists get edited, novelists get edited. Um, but at least when you are a copywriter, you are not at least, I guess it's kind of similar, but you are, you are part of that process and you have, and you talk about your recommendations and they give you feedback. It's a really fun, um, interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned a little bit about, let's say, the financial part of being a copywriter. What's realistically, like what does a copywriter make on average? Well, I mean, it's hard to say on average, um, although who knows with everybody <laughs> being remote, maybe it's all going to start to average out anyway, right? You know how it right. used to be that if you lived in New York, you'd make a lot more than if you lived in like Poughkeepsie. Right. Um, but so maybe it is going to start to average out. It'll be really interesting to see how it happens over how what, what happens to salaries over the next couple of years. Um, but, and it also depends too on if you are consistently pitching for clients, you know, if you're, if you are, which is not nearly as, as scary as I think some people initially, some people think it is. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are doing the work, you know, if you're sitting back and waiting for people come to you, 
for people to come to you, I can tell you, you're going to make very little. Um, but if you are, if you are doing the work and you are refining your pitches and you are working with your clients and doing the best work that you can, um, you know, six figures is absolutely a possibility for a full-time copywriter. Um, it, now I should say to you, copywriting is different from content writing, which is, you know, blog writing and that kind of thing. Um, blog writing is also very important. Content writing is, is also very important, but um, there's a little bit of a lower barrier to entry, Okay. which is partially why the content market is really, <laughs> is flooded uh, and why content writers tend to get paid a lot less. Um, there's also a little bit less strategic thinking. And please, if you're a content writer, please, I absolutely still, absolutely very much respect what you do. And copywriters often write content for their, their uh, clients as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the average mix in content tends, because there's so many content writers, it tends to keep the pay lower, uh, and which also turns it into a churn and burn industry. You really have to write a lot of content, a lot of blog posts uh, to make a decent amount of money. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas in copywriting, the, because you can tie, a company can tie a copywriting project directly to their revenue. Um, or at least, at least, uh, there's at least a dotted line to a revenue, you know? Um, yes, a literal sales page is really easy to tie to revenue, but even like rewriting a, a website or writing a, a nurture email series, um, because a company can tie it to their revenue, uh, companies tend to pay more for that. And again, it's, it, there, there are a lot of, um, skills and, and, as you develop as a copywriter, you hone those skills and you get even better. Uh, and so then you also get to increase your rate as you go. Yeah. Interesting. So you, you also kind of mentioned something about um, if you're always, you know, pitching and you're always, I guess, soliciting for new work, mm -hmm. how, so that for people who have never done that before can be a huge barrier of entry and, and completely terrifying. Mm -hmm. How did you, push past the idea of the, the fear of reaching out to people and, and basically selling your services? And how do you teach your students to do the same thing consistently? Yeah, I think for people, the idea of pitching is like, I'm going to write an email to someone and beg them to give me, we're going to write an email to a stranger and beg them to give me work. Mm -hmm. um, and that is because mostly too, because a lot of us have gotten really bad pitches, you know, at least probably at least once a day in my inbox, there's a pitch from someone being like, hi, I design websites. <laughs> Give me a call, you know, or something like that. Um, and I really even hesitate to call those pitches because it really does a huge disservice to the craft of pitching. Um, but the way that we teach our students to do it has very little to do with selling. And in fact, we, we try to keep, keep the, the idea of selling out of the pitch completely. And it's so much more about providing value. 
So for our students, what we teach them to do is to convey enthusiasm. You have to research each company and you have to, to get to know this company, know what they're offering and that kind of thing, which I know at first sounds like it's going to take forever, but you get faster the more you do it. Mm -hmm. um, but research company and, and really learn about this company so that you can convey an enthusiasm for what they do or who they're reaching out to or or even you know a, a blog post or a podcast you heard an executive on or something like that something that you can genuinely you genuinely like about this company because that really makes a difference in the tone of an email mm -hmm. um, and next uh, what you're going to do is you're going to convey an idea of something they could do uh, in the the copywriting vein or if you're a different kind of freelancer you know whatever it is that you do, uh, convey an idea of something they could do that would improve their business. And then all you're saying there is, hey, I had this idea, you know, copywriter, uh, if you'd like to talk about it, um, let me know if you can get on the phone at some point this week. Um, you know, not those exact words, we're copywriters, so we're always massaging. Um, <laughs> but so it's very low pressure. It's very, um, it's very light. It's, and it's all about conveying value to a potential client. So it's not, hey, you should hire me, I'm a copywriter. It's, hey, I really like your company. I noticed that you could be doing this and this would really benefit your company. Oh, by the way, I'm also a copywriter, so I could do this for you. If you wanna talk about it, let's get on a call. So the vibe is very different. And the cool thing then too, is that you're only actually ever getting on the phone with a client if they're already interested in hiring you, which takes off a whole lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. What does, so could you talk a little bit more about the, um, let's say what it feels like to be a freelancer, particularly in, I guess, in, in this climate where a lot of people are, you know, unsure of whether or not they'll be able to find a full-time job again. Like what, what have yeah. you noticed in your career freelancing and, and what are some things that you're noticing changing potentially mm -hmm. for 2020 and, and beyond? Well, I think that a lot of people are realizing, and I think it was probably coming, but 2020 really forced the issue. I think a lot of people are realizing that full-time jobs aren't as quote unquote safe as a lot of people believe them to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I got to get on staff. I got to get a full-time job because then I'll be, I'll be able to coast or I'll be safe. And that's not really the case. You are safest when you are most in control of your own income. And if you have a system, a repeatable tried and true, you take these steps every day system for finding and landing clients and maybe even repitching past or current clients with new projects, um, you are in so much more control then if you go into an office every day and there are levels and levels and levels of people above you making decisions about the company, about your department and about you without you being able to do anything about it. Mm. Um, and again, it's, it is, it's a very unfortunate time for a lot of people. And I feel that, um, but for, copywriters and especially for freelance copywriters in in bad economic times companies get hyper focused 
on selling. You know, individuals might close up and be like, oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. But companies get hyper focused on selling and keeping money coming in and keeping the doors open. And so while they might set aside or furlough departments that aren't as directly focused on selling, on, on making, generating revenue, copywriting is one of the essentials to generating revenue. Um, if you don't have a good message, you can't sell. Uh, and so again, while it's terrible that, that some people have been losing their jobs and that kind of thing, but we're um, being furloughed, I mean, um, for copywriters, an economic downturn is not something to really be afraid of. Mm -hmm. uh, there's still plenty of opportunities. Um, you know, the, the first time that I hit six figures as a copywriter was in 2008 in the middle of the great recession, right after I'd left a really cushy full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when all of this started to happen in I think March, I think was when I, I hopped into our, our student Facebook group and um, put a video there and said, look guys, I, I've been through this before. Here's why. We, I mean, we still have to stay focused on pitching. We still have to stay focused on providing value for our clients, but this is not the time to hold up and wait for things to, for, to change. <laughs> this is an opportunity for us to help companies stay stay afloat or to, to help companies continue to chug along because what we do is valuable. And when you're pitching, you're not asking someone to do you a favor by hiring you. You are explaining to companies how you can benefit and how you can keep them, keep them going. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, you know, and we, we have people who have, who have just joined and who have started, um, who've already started landing clients. You know, there were a couple last week, the week before, um, one of our students posted something that said, you know, I started this course 11 days ago and I just landed my first client. Um, so people, and you, nobody has to move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> certainly don't um, uh, by no means, but, but if you're motivated, go for it. Um, but you know, it's there, people are still hiring copywriters. Companies need copywriters to help them refine their messages to make sure that they get their target audience. Their target audience understands what they want. We are as copywriters, we are businesses partners in helping them be successful. Gotcha. Okay. So for in your own work, what are some, some resources or books that you read or pay attention to that help you think about your craft or, or about the, the human condition in general? <laughs> the human condition. Well, okay. right. <laughs> well, because <laughs> ultimately you're direction, Yuri. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, because I was thinking about this, like ultimately your, you know, your goal is to influence people. And so I, yeah, I kind of just grouped that all together <laughs> into the human condition, but just, you know, thinking about how people think and, you know, even how you describe the name of your site being filthy rich writer and how you're trying to get a reaction out of somebody. Mm -hmm. Where did you, where do you go to, to kind of learn about those types of, of things on how we as humans react to like 
words like filthyrichwriter.com? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> I know I tease you, but it is a yeah. great question because, uh, as you know, you can never stop learning. Mm -hmm. You know, I like I said, I, I provided a very comprehensive uh, course for my students, but at the same time, like once they finish the last video, um, there are a lot of them, but should they finish the last video, um, they it doesn't mean they're done. You know, it, none of us are ever done learning. So it's, it's a great question because we all, and marketing is always changing. And, and I should say too, I think I said just businesses earlier, but copywriting, you can be writing for businesses and organizations. You know, you can be writing for nonprofits too. Um, I love podcasts. Um, I am obsessed. I am I'm probably subscribing to a new podcast like every other day um, because they're such great resources for learning more and and getting all kinds of free information out in the world uh, and you can listen to it while you're you know doing dishes you know um, Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy is great not just for entrepreneurs but also for people who are oh writing for entrepreneurs mm. you know the the um, business school podcast is a daily one and it's only like five or six minutes but there's always something to learn there once you start digging in um, and as you know you're you start going down the rabbit hole you find one great podcast like this one and and then you start and then you subscribe and then you find another great podcast and I get so excited <laughs> I know you're not supposed to check your phone in the morning but the absolute first thing I do every morning is download my podcast and be like oh that one looks like it's gonna be good um but then and then I really I can't not mention Robert I don't know if it's Cialdini or Cialdini C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I -I. Um, in my head I always say Cialdini but there's no way that's okay with the Italians um anyway Cialdini uh, yeah, Cialdini. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Um, that makes a lot more sense. I did take a semester of Italian in college, um, so I can tell you how to find the bank. Anyway, um, his book, <laughs> Persuasion, um, is a classic and so incredibly interesting and insightful. Everybody should read mm -hmm. it. Um, even if you're just interested in, in why you sometimes make decisions one way versus another way, mm -hmm. it is so good. Excellent. I'm you because you brought this up. I'm I'm just curious on how you structure your day as a freelancer. So you you mentioned that you prefer not to try to check your phone first thing, but but beyond that, mm -hmm. like you know, in in a world where your deadlines are what your deadlines are, and there's nobody saying. I need you to do this, or there's like not a you know prescribed daily stand up or meeting or that kind of stuff. How do you think about structuring your day to be the most productive for you? Yeah, that's yeah. I will say that I spent years and probably a lot of money trying to figure out how to increase my energy in the middle of the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Is it teas? Is it the way I eat? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to like jump up and dance for five minutes? Because in the middle of the afternoon, I am perpetually useless. And I finally understood that instead of fighting the natural rhythms of my energy, I should just be structuring my day so that uh, in the middle of the afternoon, when I am really pretty useless, I am doing like the little administrative stuff. I'm the kind of person who first thing in the morning till like 
noonish is my creative time, is my focus time. Um, that's when I have to, if I'm on deadline for a client, which deadlines are wonderful. Um, I would be very, very poor if I didn't have deadlines. Um, talk about getting, keeping you focused, getting you and keeping you focused. But the morning time is my creative time, is my pro, is my productive time. Sometimes a little bit into the evening, if I have a, a free evening, um, I can ramp it back up again. But the, the biggest and most effective change that I ever made in my schedule was just scheduling all of the important stuff in the time when I was naturally most creative. And instead of like beating myself up in the middle of the afternoon because I'm foggy and I, I can't focus, that's when I've scheduled all my, you know, my, my little stuff or my, maybe some research if it's not really, really intensive. Um, and the cool thing is, is as a freelancer, you have the ability to do that. Like, I can't even remember how I functioned when I was in an office, you know, <laughs> like there's, I, there's no way I changed. I was still just as useless, but I was sitting at somebody else's desk. Mm -hmm. What was I doing? Um, but that I think is, is, has been the biggest, uh, the biggest, I don't want to say productivity hack because it's so overused, <laughs> but probably the, the, best change I made to my schedule to ensure that I could be as productive as possible. Sure. So with, with everything that you have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? You know, I don't know. This is going to sound, this is going to sound arrogant because I don't <laughs> know if someone gave me this advice and I've just been reusing it or I give this advice and I'm like, well, this is the best advice. But it is something that I think more people need to hear. So I'm going to say it anyway. Um, let's just say I heard it somewhere because uh, I probably did. But the best piece of advice is to only take advice and to only follow the examples of people who are successful at what you want to do. Because there are so many people out in the world who will give you their opinions with no knowledge, no experience to back it up whatsoever. And often they are the loudest. You know, your single, perpetually single friend will give you so much advice about your marriage. You know, your Uncle Phil, who has never owned his own business, has so much to tell you about exactly what you're doing wrong in your own business. You should only be taking advice from the people who are actually successful at what it is you want to do. Yes, that's absolutely fantastic. I think that's, that's and so, so true. Mm -hmm. um, so, so Nikki, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with me this rainy afternoon. I, I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to sign up for your class or see more about what you're working on or get a hold of you, where is the best places they can go online to do that? Absolutely. They can find us uh, at filthyrichwriter.com uh, and on Instagram and uh, on Facebook is the same. Um, and then if they're interested, if they think that copywriting might be something that they're interested in or want to kind of dip their toes in, um, we have a free on-demand training uh, at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Um, and... Um, that'll give them a, a little bit more insight into what it's like to be a copywriter and, and what it takes and, and all that kind of thing. Well, perfect. I'll uh, put all of those in the show notes so they can also click right through. Thank you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Nikki. I really appreciate it.
Oh, thank you, Yuri. This was tons of fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Black Bones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yuricataldo.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.